You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Body Musing Podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon, and you are listening to episode 179 of the show. It has been several years in the making, but here we are, episode 179. So close to 200. I have no idea what I'm going to do to celebrate. But today's episode is meant to be one of Mm, fun. I'll say fun. Something a little bit more lighthearted because I know we've been tackling a lot of topics on the show recently that has that have the potential to be heavy. But fortunately, many of you I hear very often these heavy topics having them come out into the light brings you a sense of comfort and release and lightness. How lovely is that? So that's so good. And today's episode, I hope, is no different, but yet I want it to be slightly different because I have the next few episodes, the next three episodes actually already lined up and ready to go. One of the only things I feel like I'm really ahead of right now is the podcast schedule, which is a nice relief. But because I know what is coming, I wanted to have a episode today that released that was a little bit more on the fun, lighthearted scale, something that you can take away and put into action immediately today. Not something that's too broad and big and a big project to tackle, but something you can start implementing into your day right now. So before we head on over to that, here is the review of the week, and it comes from Jay Barshop, and they say, awesome show, highly recommend with five stars. Maddie and her guests share actionable and inspiring lessons on how to become the best version of yourself. Highly recommend listening and subscribing to the Mind Body Musings podcast if you want the knowledge and mindsets to improve your body, mind, and spirit and live your best life as a result. What a compliment. Thank you so much, Jay. I appreciate that to the moon and back and to the moon and back and infinity. You rock. This was such a sweet review to read, and I so greatly appreciate it. Today, we're going to be talking about some spirituality self-care toolkit ideas. I like to refer to my self-care routine as a self-care toolkit. Because in my mind, my self-care is basically like a big toolbox, a metaphorical toolbox that stores so many different options, so many different pathways to maybe it's releasing, to letting go, to stepping into the best version of myself, to connecting with my body or to others, to clear my monkey mind, to 
focus for the day. Self-care is a very wide range of, self-care has a very wide range of purposes. It's not just to take care of my body, but also to take care of my spirituality, my emotional health, my well-being, my anxiety, my overthinking, my relationships. Self-care is all of that. And self-care is a tier underneath self-love. Self-love is the overarching thing that I'm trying to incorporate throughout my day all the time with every breath, every inhale and every exhale, I'm doing it in pursuit of self-love, in in partnership with self-love. My existence is in partnership with self-love. And one of the ways that I experience self-love with myself is through the power of self-care, of actually taking care of my body, physically doing things to promote happiness, joy, and a release. So that's very important. Um, What I will say is, one, do not try all of these things, okay? What might help you is if you're someone that can easily get overwhelmed is to listen along and simply take some notes. Write down in your journal, uh, Maddie's Spirituality Self-Care Toolkit and write down everything that I list because I'm going to give you a lot of things. That's number one. Do not try to do all of this. Number two is to specifically pick one to two things on this list to focus on for the next month. That's your assignment is to pick one to two of these new ventures, new avenues and try it for the next month. So if you're driving, remember this, maybe even pause this episode and come back to it when you can focus and center yourself. But if you can go to your calendar right now, look at the date that you're listening to this. I don't care if it's when it releases, the date, the next day, or a year later. Go to your calendar and look at what four weeks from today is going to be and mark that. Mark that and and make this your small task to pick one or two things things on this list to commit to for four weeks, and that's it. And then you can revisit this list. If if along the four weeks you're like, I hate this, this does not serve me at all, I, I did it, know that this would not be fun? Do I need to stick with it? The answer is no. I do not promote self-care that makes you self-sad. So choose things that make you feel good. And if you're totally just doing a random choosing of this list and it turns out you don't like it, feel free to choose another one and then stick with it for a month. Okay. So you have full reign to change your mind if you really don't enjoy doing something Because the best self-care routine or the best self-care, intuitive self-care, not even a routine, but the best intuitive self-care when you wake up in the morning and ask yourself, what what do I want to do? The best self-care is one you enjoy, period. I do not care if you just got off of listening to a podcast and the host was like, oh my God, my life changed when I started doing XYZ. I really think if anyone could take anything away from this podcast, you got to do XYZ and then you try XYZ and you hate XYZ, but you, but she said do XYZ. So you still want to do it? No, you know yourself better than I know you. You know yourself better than your partner knows you, your parents, even when the rest of the world is telling you what to do, you know best. And a lot of times that feels like this, expansion versus contraction. I narrow down a lot of choices around that. Who I want to date, if I want to date, what I want to eat, if I want to eat, 
Like how I want to respond to something. How do I want to commit to something? What things am I, am I overcommitting? Just before this podcast, I had to tell a friend that I couldn't stick with a commitment that I had been really wanting to make, but my body kept contracting, contracting every time I thought about it. Even though it's a fun thing, it sounded like so much fun, but my body kept saying, no, mm -mm, mm, mm, nope. And that is what contraction feels like. And if you are not in your body and you are in your head, you could potentially miss out on that cue. So you've got to slow down, okay? So you've got to slow down so you can tap into your body's signals, maybe signals from the universe, signs. Who knows? Too often I hear someone say something and I'm like, oh, I've been thinking about that recently. Then the next day, someone new says the same exact thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could just ignore this or I could recognize this for being a sign, right? So there's signs, but my favorite method of making any kind of decision is my physical body's response. Do I feel like contracting and going inside of like a turtle shell or do I feel like expanding and I feel so excited and I, I feel expansive and I feel joyful and and wide and, and wide in a sense of my love and my light is shining wide. Do I feel that way or do I feel like I just want to cut myself off from the world, cut myself off from connection? So it's not always that drastic. Sometimes it's just more like a, Ugh, or it's like a, mm -hmm, yeah. So you got to like really tap into your body and see what contraction versus expansion looks like to you. One thing I highly recommend is to right now think about something in your life that was an obvious feeling of expansion. Maybe you got into a school and there was no doubt about it. You knew you were supposed to be there. Maybe you wanted to marry someone and there was no doubt in your mind you wanted to marry them. Maybe you wanted to start a business and there was no doubt in your mind and you knew you wanted to have this business. Let that be your reference point for expansion. And then think about something that you felt contraction for. Maybe there's a relationship with a parent, a friend, or partner that makes, made you at the time even feel closed off. You didn't want to be around this person or you didn't want to be vulnerable with this person. Or maybe there was a job opportunity and you kept feeling like, mm, this doesn't feel right. Or maybe you had an offer made to you and that didn't feel right and you said no. Use that as your reference point for contraction. So that's a little side note going into this spirituality self-care toolkit podcast for you to think about whether it is picking self-care routines or if it's picking friends or commitments or how you want to eat. Do you feel a sense of expansion or do you feel a sense of contraction? Another way you can ask this question is, do you feel like this adds to your stress or does it decrease your stress? Very similar. I like expansion contraction because I, I just resonate with that more. But for some people, the better question is, does this add to my stress levels or de decrease my stress levels? What does it do? Like I said, this list has the potential to be overwhelming. So instead, have a mindset of fun, of play, of experimenting. Let's experiment to see what you want to do. Let's experiment to see what is going to be fun to add into your daily routine. Okay? So I'm like setting this up to sound kind of intimidating and daunting, but it's not really. A lot of these things you've heard before, just hearing them all together might be like, whoa, Nelly. But 
these are some things that I have in my spirituality self-care toolkit. And I do not do them every day at all. I will let you know at the end which ones I do every day. And what that means, it's the ones that I do every day right now. So that's not to say that they're not going to change. They might change later. But these are the things that I do every day. I'll make sure I share that at the end. So the first thing I will share recently, what has been introduced into my self-care toolkit is crystals. And you may have heard this before. You may have not. If you are not familiar with crystals, I highly recommend that you go listen to the episode I had with Heather and Timmy of Energy Muse. That was a wonderful episode that I did on the podcast where we share all about crystals. Crystals are a wonderful tool for me. and, And as you will hear in the podcast, yes, there is science to crystals and the molecular structure and all of that. But more than anything, in my mindset, crystals are really just a tool to help me connect. So if I'm holding a crystal, such as rose quartz, that holds properties of love for the world, self-love, connection with self, and an open heart, then if I am doing a podcast on those topics, I'll merely hold it. And that helps me have this physical reminder, a physical sensation that I'm speaking on the topic of love. And it helps me feel more connected. And that's the purpose to me of using tools like crystals is because not because of, oh my God, the science must be super sound and factual. And if I'm going to buy into something, then I've got to have every single understanding to why it works. And there's some people out there like that, but I choose to not live my life like that. I am drawn to certain crystals and there's always a reason to it. Like I've mentioned this in the podcast I did with them, but I am highly, highly attracted to citrine and citrine is very bright. It's like yellowy golden and it's sunny and I'm also a Leo and I am very much outward focus like the action and the brightness and the abundance and the confidence and that's what citrine is all about and that's what leo is all about leo is all about that leo is all about being unique and being uh, having high self-esteem and and being having this playful outward energy and that's why my desire to be around this color and these stones it goes together so perfectly and beautifully like and I didn't even know this I didn't even realize these correlations it's not like I was like oh citrine fits into the rest of my life so I'm going to be attracted to this crystal no I just was and I kept wondering geez why am I adding this color to my website and I'm wearing a necklace with this color and I'm buying crystals all of a sudden with this color and I want it everywhere And then when I talked to Heather and Timmy, also did other reading on this, made total sense. But that's not the only crystal that I have. I also have amethyst. I have aqua aurora. I have um, rainbow obsidian stones. I've got quite a few. I've got a collection now, and they all have different purposes. So I invite you to listen to that episode to learn more about crystals, and then check out their book, Crystal Muse. This is not a sponsored plug here. They just happened to send me a book and I have fallen in love with it. And it is a recipe book for crystals, basically. So they have all these different uh, journaling assignments and, and practices and things you can do depending on what your goal is. So there's like one section about self-care and like self-care rituals, full moon rituals, There's one for like marriage rituals or letting go, breakups rituals, and they incorporate stones and other things such as Palo Santo and sage and feathers and it's, it's 
I'm not, I, I don't consider myself to be extremely woo-woo. Maybe I am these days, but I don't, I don't know. I have a very grounded personality, very structured, logical personality. And I like that about myself. And I still love crystals. So allow yourself to play with that for a bit. The second thing that I have in my self-care toolkit is like I just mentioned Palo Santo and this is sacred wood so it is a wood that purifies and you can light it and bring it around your room to essentially bless your home in a way you would do a sage and you can recite something along the lines of may this Palo Santo bless my home and bring me fortune and abundance or whatever you really want to say But all in all, I like the process and the ritual. I do this whenever I'm feeling really stressed or if I'm going through something new and I need to simply feel cleansed. It's not that the, I'm not going to say that it's that the Palo Santo cleans my entire life free from whatever it was that was bringing me down. I don't believe that. But I do believe that it's a tool to help me move in that direction. And in, even if it's a placebo effect, I don't really care if that could be the case. If it makes me feel good and it's not hurting anyone, then I'm going to do it. Okay, so try it out. Check out Palo Santo. It's delicious smelling. I love it. That's another reason why I have so much of it is because I like to light it. I like to walk around my place and I just do a little swirl around my plants to give them some love. I do it over my bed so I have wonderful sleep. I do it around my own body so I feel safe and secure. I do it around my my fridge so that my food feels blessed. And to me, that's simply fun. It feels like an act of self-care and that's why I do it. The next thing is I love to have my candles. I'm a super big candle person and I think that comes from my mother because she is candle obsessed and it's just, it creates such a warm household to me. So I invite you to invest in some candles and to see what it feels like to light them in the morning and light them at night. So often it's like a night thing, right? Like having candles, but see what it feels like to create that sensation of warmth in your home, even in the morning. I have one of those like battery ones so I can keep that one on all day and then I've got some pumpkin spice ones and some vanilla spice ones and all the candles. So this is a very easy small thing that I would add in there but I'm going to add it in there nonetheless because sometimes it's these little things that we we think like uh that's just that's gotta take time out of my day to go buy candles or I don't feel like buying a four fifty nine dollar candle like it just feels like something small and it's gonna be silly to have around or it's gonna crowd my space blah 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 try it see if it makes a big difference in your life it sure does for me it's strange but having candles lit really makes me feel like I am home the next thing and I just threw this in here because I felt like I needed to someone out there might benefit from from thinking about this but one thing in my spirituality self-care toolkit is going to Netflix and watching documentaries or, or YouTube or whatever it may be. But documentaries, I feel very revived after I watch documentaries. I pick something, whether it be like a humanitarian cause or something about the world or something factual, sometimes sad. Um, one documentary that is about fast fashion is called The True Cost. Then there are documentaries like What the Health and... Uh, earthling and I wouldn't necessarily recommend earthling because it is traumatizing 
um, that is an animal film, but maybe you would be served to watch that. I watched watched that when I was in high school, and uh, that's the first time I went vegetarian immediately the next day, and then I watched it again a year later, and then that's when I went vegan. So it's very powerful. It's very traumatizing. Um, I'm not vegan or vegetarian anymore. But at the time, that's how traumatizing it was. And I will never forget that. So I'm not necessarily saying go out and watch those things. But I am saying that documentaries for me have a sense of cre- of creating a connection with things that are outside of my my sphere of understanding. It's teaching me something new. It's making me feel more connected to the world outside of Boulder, Colorado, because sometimes I can get so consumed in this beautiful little world here and I forget to pay attention to what's going on in the world and see what I can do to help create more um, love or safety or Um, be an advocate for important causes in this world. So I would highly recommend that you check out some documentaries and make sure that they are things that excite you, right? One of the documentaries that I watched not too long ago was called The Human Experiment. And that taught me a lot about chemicals in our products. And that got me really excited about joining Beauty Counter, which you guys know I am a part of their team and if you want to check out the human experiment to learn more about the chemicals in our product and just gain education and knowledge then that could be a wonderful way for you to be introduced to how this can be a part of your self-care routine of taking care of the world because taking care of the world is taking care of yourself because taking care of yourself means taking care of other people right taking care of this planet, taking care of our home. So check that out. If you have any questions about that documentary um, or Beauty Counter in general, you can feel free to email me and ask me after you watch that. And other than that, like watching just fun documentaries about the world, about history, that's one of the bullets that I just wanted to add onto this. Some of you might be like, okay, documentaries, what, Madeline, what are you talking about? And if it doesn't resonate with you, then don't worry about it. The next one I'm going to say is plants having plants around your home. This is a form of integrating your nurture, your nurturing ability into your life because Mother Earth, Mother Nature, and a sense of groundedness, that's very feminine, right? And depending on where you live, you might not have easy access to be in the mountains or be in the woods or be on the ocean. So especially if you do not have a lot of grounded nature around you or welcoming nature, nature that makes you feel full of love and full of light, I recommend that you have plants. Not only do they have beautiful energy within them, but they are so feminine and they are so connected and they they create a sense of connection within you to a sense of groundedness. That's the that's the case for me at least and that's the case for a lot of my clients. Having I have a big like bamboo uh, plant in my living room totally changes the energy of my entire apartment. And then I have little terrariums and then I have tiny plants and then I buy myself flowers. Just try that out for a bit. If you want to pick this to be one of those things you commit to, go buy a plant and learn how to take care of a plant. Get the fertilizer that you need to keep it alive and healthy and feed it soil and talk to it. It's like an animal. It really is. It has energy. It has feelings. I think it does. That might sound kind of crazy, but when I uh, went through a pretty rough breakup earlier in the year, 
I just felt this immense calling, intuitive calling to get a plant, a big one. This plant's taller than I am. So it's very tall. And I just kept feeling like, oh my gosh, something is dying in my life, which was the relationship. And I craved to bring in new life. And for me, the answer to that was a plant. And it was no doubt about it. No one recommended it to me. I just felt this desire to be near a source of nourishment. Not food, but nourishment. And that's what plants are. That's what nature is. It gives life the same way that a feminine body gives life. Plants are food. A woman's body is food. We, we have breast milk. We are food. We are love. We are a sense of groundedness and warmth. And that's what plants are. And that's brought me very close to that source within myself of being around a plant's energy. So that's another out-of-the-box idea for you. And moving right along, the next on the list for your self-care toolkit could possibly be goal setting. This is a big, big, big one for you. And if you are someone who already is very goal-oriented, very driven, writing down lists of goals could still really serve you or maybe you could lean into taking a little bit of a hiatus from being very goal-focused, especially during the winter. But If that's been serving you really well and helping you to stay focused, I encourage you to continue to do that. And on top of that, if you are someone who is really in your feminine essence of intuition, going with the flow, remaining open to different turns and twists from the universe and going with it, but maybe you lack a little bit of structure and a little bit of self-discipline, I would highly recommend you get on board with the goal-setting train. Something that I notice a lot of social media personalities do and bloggers is create really fun goal-setting pages like pictures where they'll write out their goals using colored pencils and drawing it and just make it really pretty and artsy so you're combining your feminine creativity with goal setting and getting really focused and crystal clear on what you're wanting to create for this month. So I don't do the drawing aspect of this but in my notes folder on my computer and my phone they are synced together. I will create a different uh, page for every month of my goals. So I have my November goals, I have my October goals, and I break them down into maybe finances, self-care. So like which of these self-care things I'm going to focus on? Uh, Relationship, friendship, um, finances. So I break them down in whatever way feels really intuitive to me. Sometimes I have a miscellaneous section where it's just random things I really want to get done. Like get my car professionally vacuumed. That's been on my October. That's been on my November and it has not happened yet. But I have a feeling this is the month it's going to happen. It's going to get vacuumed. I'm going to take it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. But that is a favorite thing of mine. And I never feel like I have to be like, oh, I got to write my goals down. It's really fun to me. I love writing my goals. So doing it at the beginning of the month is a great way to Uh, kick the month off in a way that's going to make you feel inspired. But another thing you can do is the full moon and the new moon. I know many people do that as well because the full moon and the, the new moon represent times where you're either picking up new ventures and adopting new mindsets or ideals or you are letting go of what is no longer serving you. So you are more than welcome to do that as well. And if you want to combine that with some of the practices you learn around crystals, you can do crystals, um, into crystal integrated full moon ritual where you write down your goals and then you put some Palo Santo all around it. There you go. Combining it all together. Okay, next on the list, moving right along, 
Um, this one's pretty common. You've probably heard this many times, but do you actually allow yourself to enjoy it? And that is my friend's massages. And by the way, sorry, if you can hear Ollie eating his food in the background, it's food time. I cannot tell him it's not food time. The boy needs to eat. But yes, massages. I am a huge fan of massages. And this is just a self-care gift to myself because my body is a portal to my message. It is a it is a vehicle for my message and it's a vehicle for my experience of self-love and spirituality. And I want to take care of my body and I go through lots and lots of movement every month with my Pilates and my acro yoga and my yoga and my walking and my just all over the place. My sometimes cardio, late weightlifting, I my handstand practice. Okay, gotta stop there. But yes, I just keep doing lots of things with my body and it does get beaten up and it is very important for me to remember to take care of it, whether it mean that means doing massages or that means going and into a sensory deprivation tank, which is another thing you can look up to have on your self-care toolkit. I did not have that on this list particularly because I've never done it, but I hear wonderful things about it. Um, rolfing is another way you can get your body feeling aligned. I wouldn't say it's as delicious as a massage. It's kind of painful, but it actually makes improvements in your fascia, your muscle fascia. So if you have some sort of arch in your back or you have some kind of curve going on, rolfing, R-O-L-F, is very beneficial for that. It's different from going to a chiropractor. Chiropractors work with the actual bones, but when you're rolfing, they're working with the muscle fascia by breaking that up through different segments and sections. It's very powerful. It can be very painful, so you have to really surrender when you do something like that. But that is an aspect of self-care. It's taking care of your body. And, And if you go to the chiropractor, your bone structure, and if you're like me, and you just want to massage, you just want to feel good in your body, and you want to have some physical touch. And for me, physical touch is my love language. When I'm single, I love to either have physical touch for my acro yoga practice or going to pay for it to get a massage and just to feel amazing for an hour and a half. So I invite you to think about adding massages into your self-care routine with with a, a masseuse who you really love, who's not trying to chat it up and talk with you. Maybe ask a friend for a recommendation. Um, yeah, absolute big fan for that over here. The next one that I take part in, and you may or may not resonate with this, is I love to get my nails done. And that is a very pampering, self-care, fun, bonding experience for me. I do it with my mom. That's me and my mom's thing. We do that like once a month together and it's really enjoyable. We just go and we hang out in the nail salon reclining massaging chairs. We get our nails done and it's really not all that much, you know? It's it could be around to get your toes done and that $35 could potentially go a long way because if you feel good in your body when you do something, even if it's just paint on your toes, it vibrates out throughout your day. So if you get your toes done, it makes you have more confidence or it makes you feel fresh or you just love looking at them, that energy is going to be reflected in your work life, in your home life, in your relationships. So no, when people tell me that they don't value toe, like getting their toes done or their nails done, cool, fine, that's that's totally fine. 
But if you don't value it because you think that a woman who gets her nails done is wasting money or she is insecure, you're very incorrect about that. Uh, I am neither of those things. I am not wasting money and I'm not insecure. I'm doing it because it's an act of self-care that makes me feel really good. Now, do I not like my body without my toes done or my nails done? Absolutely not. I love my body no matter how she is in any waking moment. She's glorious in her nakedness, in her clothedness, with makeup or without makeup. But I have to ask myself each and every day what's going to help me expand versus contract. And if someday expansion comes from getting my nails done with my mom and having bonding time and getting my feet rubbed, which feels so good, and then seeing a pretty pink color on my toes throughout the day. Um, cool. I'm going to do it. So that's another thing that you can add into your self-care toolkit. Doesn't mean you have to do it every single month. Doesn't mean you have to do it at all, but it is living inside of that toolkit whenever you want it. If you ever do want it moving right along, the next one is going to be part of my, uh, daily practice. And that is going to be meditation. I used to be a on and off meditator. I would, meditate every so often, but I never really had a practice and I didn't take it that seriously. I used to be one of those people who would say, well, yoga is my form of meditation or drawing is my form of meditation or this or that. And while that's great and totally can be true, you can get into a meditative state while doing that. The thing is that with that type of meditation, you don't continue it when you leave the activity. Yes, yoga can make you feel less stressed when you go into your day, but it doesn't give you the wisdom and knowledge on how to allow thoughts to pass through you throughout the day without getting wound up in them. So even though in yoga, I might be able to be totally blissed out and meditative, if I leave yoga and someone tries to cut me off when I'm driving home, I might go right back to being, oh, how dare you do that, blah, blah, blah. Whereas if you have a steady meditation practice, you can actually learn how to allow, allow things like that to happen in your life without getting emotionally attached to it. That's what meditation teaches you. It's very different. So I have a practice that I do called Vedic meditation. It's 20 minutes twice a day. So it's nearly an hour of my day I am in meditation and I am not perfect. I will never pretend to be. Some days I am busy, busy, busy in the PM, not even a moment to rest, but then I will try to fit it in even in the car if I can park somewhere or I will forgive myself and move right along and then just say tomorrow is a new day. I will fit it in tomorrow. Um, if you are interested in Vedic meditation, I highly recommend that you Google to see if you have a teacher nearby you anywhere because Vedic meditation is a very particular type of meditation and there are teachers all around the world who will teach it to you, but it is not something that you can gain through an app. You actually must experience a course and a training on how to learn how to do it. But that was one of the most valuable trainings I have ever had in my life because it's teaching me how to be a human being that allows life to happen without getting attachments, without getting defensive and reactive towards people. Like I said, I am not perfect, but I am learning a lot from this practice. And not only is it teaching me how to allow anxiety and and that overthinking to become a thing of the past but it's also reversing stress and the only reason why we age is because of stress 
decrease your stress, decrease your aging. That's very powerful as well. So with this practice, my skin looks healthier. My hair is stronger. My nails are stronger. Uh, I want to nourish my body in the most intuitive, loving way. More than what I can just read from books, it's like a, an intuitive bodily feeling that I want to take care of this treasure I've been giving. And meditation has helped bring me closer to that. So Vedic meditation. I know this is getting, this is a lot of stuff here. So I will try to speed this up just a little bit without losing the integrity of each one of these things. I just know that I created a very long list. It's still so long. All right, next one. Meeting a friend for coffee. This is something you can do very easily. Who do you want to have coffee with right now? If you could choose anyone that you, you've been meaning to meet up with and you keep canceling plans on, who could you schedule a coffee date with as soon as tomorrow or the next day? Ice cream date, dinner date. Pick a friend, just a friend, not even a date, just a friend, someone that you want to feel connected with and make time, create time to be with this person. That's a huge part of my self-care practice is making sure that I'm filling my life up with soul sisters. They are the most important people in my life. One day there will be a partner that is the most valuable person in my life and I will put them number one, but I will never, ever, ever let relationship with my friends go to the wayside again. I've done that in the past. That is not a part of this version of Madeline, this Madeline that I've created and I've grown into. I value and appreciate my friendships so much. They've taught me so much and they continue to teach me so much as long as I keep up with creating them and with feeding them and nourishing them. Next one is simple reading. Reading, 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 reading. I love reading. It's my favorite thing to do. I highly recommend that you get back into reading if you have taken a hiatus from it. There is no uh, harm in taking a hiatus of it of, from reading. I actually think that's pretty healthy because when you take a break from reading, then you really get back in touch with your own thoughts. But I am a huge reader. I absolutely love reading both fiction and nonfiction, self-helpy books, thriller books. Those are my two favorite genres. If you ever need any recommendations, just listen to any episode of the podcast. And we always mention one of the books at the very end. You can also go to my podcast archives on the website. If you actually read the show notes, I always include the name of whatever book we mentioned at the end of the episode to read. So if you don't have time to listen to an entire episode, but you want to know what book we talk about is a must-read book, then just go to the show notes for that episode. Just go to maddiemoon.com slash podcasts, and you will see all of the podcasts, all 179, which, by the way, do not show up in iTunes, because my iTunes can only hold 50 at a time without it shutting down getting overloaded. So if you want to hear all the episodes that came way before this episode, all the way back to episode one or 50 or 100, then you have to go to that link that I just mentioned. And you can always look on the, the show notes to hear what book we mentioned. After reading, I have tarot cards. I am a huge fan of tarot cards, and I would recommend you start with the Fountain Tarot, tarot Deck or the Animal Spirit Deck by The Wild Unknown. That's her name on Instagram. Those are animal spirit cards, and that was my gateway into the world of tarot card reading because at first it was just too woo-woo, 
But I feel very connected with animals and being able to pull an animal card every day was just very enlightening and very fun. And tarot cards give me a lot of fun insight. They're just like crystals. It's like, it's not like I'm going to live my day by this card if it says that I'm going through something hard and it's time for me to embrace the unknown and blah, blah, blah. Literally, literally, I, I, I'm not saying that, okay, this card is literally telling me it's exactly what I have to do. It's reading my fortune. That's not what tarot cards are. They're interpretive cards that can be gateways to understanding where you're at in your life. The cards, they have energy. They are magical to me and I love them and they're fun. If this doesn't resonate with you, no worries. Leave it. It's totally fine. But if you're interested and you love animals, then check out the Animal Spirit Deck because that's a great card deck to start with because pretty much everyone can connect with animals in some way. I realized that my one of my spirit animals is a camel through that card deck because after I read about the camel and all that it represents, I so connected with it and I still connect with it greatly. And that deck, I have to thank for that, for teaching me a lot about the camel and Sometimes I summon my camel energy and it's a very interesting practice. So that's the card deck I would definitely recommend. The Animal Spirit deck by the Wild Unknown. Uh, movement is, of course, a self-care ritual, practice, yoga, dance, pole dancing, gymnastics, doing adult gymnastics, doing what I do, acro yoga, doing any other kind of acrobatics. Um, doing weightlifting or CrossFit, doing swimming, running, biking, hiking, uh, fencing. It's, it's unlimited, but moving your body, oh boy, just when you have emotions that are being stored into your body, getting involved in movement is a beautiful practice for having a physical manifestation of a release. It's moving. It's like the emotion starts in your head, and then once you start dancing or flipping or lifting or whatever it may be that sets your heart up, lights it up, then the emotion starts to drop down and it goes down, down through your throat, through your heart, through your belly, through your legs, all the way released out, out of your feet. And it's gone because you danced it out, you moved it out, you swirled it out, twirled it out. So find something that's exciting to you. And if you don't have anything like that right now in your life, that's okay. That's totally fine. I invite you to go look up some new ideas. Go look up some things you can try to do. Some fun things that you would like to incorporate into your life. That's a wonderful way to get out of your comfort zone as well. Sign up for class. Sign up for a meetup hiking group where you know no one. Create new friendships. Invite one to coffee. That's how friendships are created. It's by getting out of your comfort zone and doing new things. So that it's kind of the two birds with one stone thing. You can get new movement in your life and create friendships. And if you have been doing a form of movement that has not been serving you over the years, this is even more prominent for you. I really highly invite you to let go of the form of movement that's making you suffer and feel like you are in a loop of self-sabotage and pick up something that looks fun. That's all. You don't have to know how to do it. Just find something that looks fun and plan it. Put it on your calendar. Put it on your schedule. Maybe invite a pre-existing friend to do it with you if you want. And enjoy. Let me know what you choose to do. Okay, one that I'm going to breeze by is the self-dinner date. This one is one of my favorite things to do. That's why I really love traveling because when I travel... 
I go out to eat. I go out to brunch by myself. I go out to do lots of things by myself, but I really love eating by myself. And that's so strange. I think it's because for, for so long, I never did that. And I know that's the case for a lot of women. They wouldn't dream of going out to dinner by themselves and like, what do you do? Um, do you take a book? Do you try to talk to people? Where do you look? Do you sit at the bar? Like all of those questions. I love going out to eat by myself. It's such a treat. So doing like a brunch, like a, a Tuesday morning brunch, or if you have a nine to five, doing an early morning brunch or a weekend I guess you can't have an early morning brunch. Having an early morning breakfast and then having a brunch on the weekend or doing dinner, going out to dinner by yourself and having a glass of wine if you choose to drink and ordering something totally out of the norm for you, something that's very much not in your food rule routine if you have that, something that's adventurous, real like the first thing that looks delicious, just ordering that. And yeah, you can take a book. Yeah, you can sit at the bar and talk to people. You can take your phone if you want to. Like there's no rules about it, but being able to treat yourself, have a me date, I find this to be one of my favorite practices of self-care, taking myself out and taking myself on a date and wearing a cute outfit and ordering the most delicious meal I can get and getting myself a nice glass of wine if I want. I love doing this. Highly recommend it. This next one you have heard before, it's a gratitude list. That's a wonderful way of doing self-care. But what I want to propose is a different kind of gratitude list. Yes, you can wake up in the morning and write three things you're grateful for or get the five-minute journal, which is a gratitude journal that I myself used for quite a while. I have a lot of clients that I prescribe that to to get them to ease into it. But something that I love to do is actually more along the lines of free-flow gratitude writing. And what that looks like is just taking my notebook out and writing something like like a story almost. Like I'm so happy and grateful this morning for being blessed with the wonderful friends that I have. I'm so happy and grateful for the income that I have made this week, which is fill in the blank. I can't wait to see what today has in store. And I know it's going to be full of abundance and joy and connection. And I almost write... So I write a combination of gratitude of what I am grateful for that already exists and I write gratitude for what I want to bring into existence. So I say, yes, I'm so grateful for this beautiful morning and I'm so grateful for making this much amount of money by 3 p.m. today. So I'll write things that I want to manifest as well and this can end up being a full page of writing and I like this because it's so open-ended. There's no rules. It's not just a quick list. It really gets me creating that emotion and for manifestation to work you have to create the emotion. You can't just say the words money, abundance. I want to make money. I want to make abundance. Like you have to feel it. So that's why visualizing what you want is very important and writing what you want will help you to visualize it and to feel it and those feelings are what ultimately create the attraction the whole law of attraction in order for there to be a law about the attraction you have to do your part so the universe can meet you halfway so try gratitude free flow writing if you want to have a blank sheet of eight by ten paper and write out this gratitude story-ish it's like your story it's your day's story but you're writing gratitude for what you already have and then writing gratitude for what you want to bring into existence this is actually very fun it's very creative it makes you feel very good too if I'm writing about things that I don't have yet that I really want 
Um, so before I had my retreat and I was very focused on the type of women I wanted to come, I would write things like, I'm so happy and grateful I have filled all nine spots of my feminine surrender retreat with women who are in the pursuit of connection, of vulnerability, and of love, self-love, but they have blocks. I'm so grateful that each one of those women reached out to me and we had a connection and each one of those women are coming and they're so excited. Like I'd write stuff like that. So ask yourself, what's present in your life? What are you creating in your life? If you do the goal assignment, how can you start to create this gratitude free flowing practice with those goals? What are your goals? How can you write them into existence? The next one is going to be connection and physical touch. I kind of touched on this one in the massage, but that's one reason why I love acro yoga because not only does it cause me to surrender and step into my ability to support, depending on which role I am, it creates connection, creates communication, creates intimacy. Those are all things that are not always highly accessible. You don't just walk down the street and have instant connection and intimacy with a stranger. But when you go into a designated place for it, such as acro yoga or a massage parlor or with your partner, um, creating physical touch in your life is, is so important. We are, we are primal beings who crave physical touch. So if you have a partner who you are romantic with, then I invite you to make that a priority if it's not. If it's not a priority, make that a priority. Start to carve out physical touch time. Make it something, a practice. If you have a meditation practice, if you have a yoga practice, why don't you have a connection and physical touch practice? Why? The last thing that I'm going to say is to go to more events. One thing I do, even on the weekends, if I'm on Facebook, I'll just go over to the events and I'll search for random events that look fun to me and I'll hit interested. And I'll hit interested on a ton of events. But I love to go to events where I am either getting out of my comfort zone, I have the opportunity to meet people, I'm just filling up a Tuesday night with something fun. Um, I used to be the type of person that would have a full day of working and then in the evening I would set it aside for TV time. And I would just watch TV because I was pretty exhausted and tired. And I think partly my meditation practice has helped me a lot with getting rest in this short amount of time. So yeah, even though an hour sounds, well, 40 minutes sounds like a lot amount of time, that 40 minutes is recharging me and giving me energy for the evenings. So then all of a sudden I have all these energy to go out and do fun things. So if you can combine those two, it's a pretty powerful force to have more that you put into your day that's fun, not work, but fun, going to events like dance events or concerts or just gatherings going to a brewery or a festival um everything i typically seem to do these days is movement or focus so like i went to a handstand workshop last night i went to an acro yoga jam in denver i did acro yoga at the park the other day with my friend and did a yoga class like obviously movement's a very big theme in my life right now because i'm enjoying it it's purely fun which is really empowering for me to save because five years ago it would have been like, I'm working out all the time because I have to and I need to burn calories and I have to look a certain way. And now it's because, man, I love connection. I love physical touch and intimacy and getting upside down and doing scary things with my body and proving myself that I'm very strong. And that's what that provides for me. But if that's not your jam, then maybe see what kind of other movement classes are around or just events or social gatherings block parties check it out just 
sign up for a few things if you want to this month. Go for it. Invite a friend or make new friends there if you want to get out of your comfort zone. I think you will find that filling up your nights or your mornings, your weekends with things other than the TV will be very it will be a very high service to you. Not that watching TV is bad. I love watching my Netflix shows. Trust me, if you watch my Instagram stories, you know that right now I'm back on a Gilmore Girls kick because it's the fall, and how can you not watch Gilmore Girls when it's the fall? Okay, so I told you that I was going to tell you what my personal non-negotiables are presently. I do all of these things, I'll tell you up front. I do everything that I just listed, but not consistently. Right now, my consistent practice is Vedic meditation. First thing in the morning, then in the PM. Try to make I try to make that as non-negotiable as possible. But like I said earlier, sometimes things come up. Um, another thing that is non-negotiable is my movement. Obviously, I've touched on that quite a few times. That's non-negotiable. That is a part of my daily practice I have to move I have to move emotion through my body and I have to do fun things and and the more I I do not go to a gym by the way I don't go to a gym that's not my happy place I do things at the park I do things against a wall I do things um, in gymnastics studios I am very much into acrobatics now and it's brought me a lot of joy but movement is non-negotiable in my life another non-negotiable is my I say coffee dates with friends, but it's more just like friend girl time, going out to dinner, going to the park together. Like sometimes me and my friend will literally just grab a blanket and go to the park and talk about boys together. And it's a blast. And that's non-negotiable. I I say yes more to things. If someone invites me out on a Friday night to go to hear their dad play music at a local pub, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. And you never know who you're going to meet. Even, um, this is really random, but the other day my mom went to a brewery with my dad and they sat by a young gentleman who was very sweet and somehow, someway, my mom's like, you gotta meet my daughter, here's her car, check out her website. He did, we connected on Facebook and then the next day, or I guess that night, he said, hey, um, I'm running a race, do you want to come by at the end and just say hi and like meet my friends? And I was like, um, yeah, sure, why not? I didn't even know this person. My mom introduced me. She just said, hey, I met this guy. You should go meet him. And the next day, I went to go see him after he finished his race to just say hi and meet his friends. And it was two hours of my time to meet another human being. So I, I remain open. I'm remaining open to how the universe wants to introduce people to my life. Nothing is off limits. And I keep reaffirming that to the universe by going forward and saying yes to these invitations. Back in the day, if my mom was like, you got to meet this person, I would have said, mom, you don't know who I am. Stop it, right? But now I'm like, oh, cool. Thank you, universe, for bringing someone into my mother's life to get to me. And that happens in mysterious ways. It really does. And the more you say yes to these opportunities while being safe, then the more the universe will give them to you. And you will start to see how crazy things happen. You never know what can come out of it. Maybe a life partner, maybe a new best friend, maybe a business opportunity. Maybe just someone is going to say something in a conversation that's going to powerfully change your life. You never know. So those are a few things. Um, And then reading, of course. Reading is a non-negotiable, though if I don't have time to read in a day, that's totally fine. I was probably busy doing other things. 
and goal writing i always write my goals every month i write my goals that's non-negotiable for me it makes me feel good i have got a lot of virgo in my chart a lot of earth in my chart and if you're familiar with astrology then that means i'm very grounded rooted stable secure oriented and goals really um, encourage that in me they make me feel good and that discipline and that structure allows room for creativity and flow it does and it's a beautiful balance. So from here, the last things I want to say, um, I haven't mentioned this in a while, but I have a workbook that I created recently called Freeing Your Feminine Spirit. So if you are really interested in learning more about how to create this flow in your life, if you are a perfectionist and you overthink and you overanalyze and you have anxiety and you shame the parts of yourself you don't really like, but you want to work on this to create love with those parts and create more self-love, this workbook is going to be fantastic for you. You can complete it. Uh, it's a PDF, so you can do everything online. You can open a notes folder to journal along with the book. Plenty of journaling questions. This book has not failed me in hearing wonderful changes and reconnections with people in their feminine essence. So I highly recommend you check that one out. Also, I've got my free audio guide for Pillars of Femininity on the website. So you can check that out as well. That's an hour-long free audio guide about balancing slash harmonizing your feminine and your masculine. If you want to get a free audio book and a free audio 30-day audio trial, you can go to audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings, get 30 days free and a free book which I think you might love if you've never listened to audiobooks. They are fantastic. You can listen to them when you're moving your body, when you're cooking, when you're cleaning, when you're in the car, when you're just trying to tune out and focus on something else besides your hustle, bustle, crazy, busy life. Check it out. That's all I have to share today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know which one of these spirituality, self-care, toolkit mm, rituals you are going to add into your day. I would love if you commented on the Instagram post for this podcast or if you commented on the show notes comment section or on my Facebook fan page, wherever you want. I would just love to know what you're going to work on. I also have a Mind Body Musings podcast group. If you search for that in Facebook, you will pull that up and you'll be able to comment in there what you're going to work on for the next month because I'd love to know. And we've got a wonderful lineup of interviews coming up here. So get ready for that. I'll see you guys soon. Have a great rest of your week.